Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the final score with Matthew and Stevie Fly. What's up, guys? The final score is back on the air. Super Bowl 57 is done. We, it's a sad, it's kind of a sad week because there's no football. Wait a minute. The USFL is right around the corner. And I don't care what you guys say. Football is football to me. I'll watch the USFL and I'll enjoy it because it's football. It's football. With me, as always tonight, is my cohort in crime, Mr. Matthew Baysmore. What's up, Matthew? What's up, Stevie? Thank you for having me on again. You don't have to thank me for having you on again. You're part of the show now, dude. Well, I know, but still, I'm still thankful to be a part of the final yeah. score squad. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, USFL is right around the corner. You going to watch USFL? No, I doubt it. <laughs> oh, never, come on. Never gotten into it, but I might take a look at it. It's football, it's, dude. I get that, but it know. means I, it, 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 it fills a gap. It fills a gap between the end of the NFL season to the start of the NFL season. So I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the USFL.com website. Saturday, April 15th. So we've got, what, two more months? Mm-hmm. 4.30 p.m. on Fox. you got a double header that Saturday. 4.30 and 7.30. The Philadelphia Stars take on the Memphis Showboats. And the New Jersey Generals take on the Birmingham Stallions. If I had to pick a team, they've got a Pittsburgh team up here. The Pittsburgh Maulers. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds I like can't a, say I can't really say you know I'm a Maulers fan. I'm a Maulers fan. Ray Horton is the coach of, of the. Uh, boy, they've got rosters up. Yeah, they've got rosters up here already, dude. It might be that might be somebody up here. See, I always look with the USFL. I always look at the players, and then I'll go by that to see who I pull for. So I'll have to check. I'll have to check the. Uh, I'll have to check yeah. the rosters out a little bit when I got more time. So Actually, this is the time for me to catch up on March Madness, get ready for March Madness and look uh, at college basketball. I, you know, I don't I, I just right now I'm not in a March Madness zone yet, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> um I'm sure it, you know, the closer we get we still got what two more weeks before March gets here. So I'm sure the closer it gets, I'll be I'll be a little bit better with that. But I'm still in kind of like football hangover right now. Yeah, I get I get that too. Me too. I keep thinking like Thursday night, another game coming on. Nope, never mind. <laughs> nope. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on around the NFL right now. So your boys, talk a little bit about what your boys, the Giants, did today. We re-signed Isaiah Hodgins, our number 18 wide receiver. Uh, I think that was a very good idea. However, like I told you right before the show, I don't think he's a number one wide receiver. I think he's a good three. 
Good three? Yeah, maybe three. Uh, I want Brandon IU. <laughs> you want Brandon IU from San Francisco? Yes. Him or uh, what's his name? Jordan Addison. Oh, yeah, the rookie from USC. Yeah, I like him. Are y'all too. that far up in the draft where you can get Jordan Addison? Because I'm hearing he's a top 10 pick. He is, but we could get like a trade, um, like a like a twenty five trade for a first round. Yeah, you have to move up. You definitely have to move up. Yeah, get this. What I've been hearing, I've been hearing Pittsburgh is talking to the Rams about trading their second first, what a thirty second pick to the Rams for Jalen Ramsey. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, I guess that that would definitely shore up the uh, secondary a little bit. But you know, I'm looking. I'm looking at. Well, you know what? I'm looking at SuperBowlNation.com. Their mock, their mock draft right now, and it's got Jordan Addison falling all the way to 20th to the Seahawks. Jordan so Addison not, to the Seahawks. Yeah, number 20. So, y'all were 26th. Mm-hmm. Let's I mean, see so we who. could do a trade or something. <clears throat> but it's also got you guys taking offensive linemen. Osiris Torrance from Florida. Yeah. And it's got us taking Joey Porter Jr. I bet you didn't even know there was a Joey Porter Jr., did you? I did not. Yeah, he's cornerback from Penn State. So I don't know. It's it's. I'm gonna start. This is gonna be. This is something you're gonna have to work on too. Uh-huh. This will be the first year you you'll be a part of the uh, final score mock draft. Oh, all right. I'm ready. Yeah, me and me and me and Gaddis Hodges. We always do. We have been doing it. Still there? He went off the air. There we go. I'm back again. Right. And then I went. I took it over when uh when he went off the air and had Gaddis on. So it's been probably at least 15 years that we, me and him, have been doing it together. So, so you get to be a part of that this year. Aren't you glad? I'm excited. I am. I'm excited. Yeah. Got to put my put my uh. My manager shoes on. Yeah, you. You can. Uh, it's fun. I mean, it's it's kind of like doing a bracket for March Madness, and we see who who gets the the most right. And but I'll tell you, you may get the first couple right, but if one of them, if something gets thrown off, like somebody moves up in the draft trade or something like that, it messes up your. Whole, it's just like a bracket. It'll mess up your whole bracket. But, oh, yeah. All right. So let's get to what we – hold on. Maybe we still got some more to talk about here. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, is – I want to say it was today, and it's going to continue into tomorrow, is interviewing with the Washington Commanders for the same job. So – and I think – that 
you know, if he takes this job and he makes this work, I think the reason he wants to do this is to prove he did. It's not just Mahomes. It's not just Andy Reid that's doing it. He had a lot to do with it. Uh, and I don't blame him. I mean, he's yeah. been passed over for so many head coaching jobs over the years that I would be, I would be, I would feel the same way if I could prove to somebody that prove that it wasn't just them. It, it had a lot to do with me, but uh, yeah, I, I think it, he might take this job. So. Alvin Kamara, Kamara is indicted in a battery case. Him and among four others, I think that was from that incident in Las Vegas a couple years ago. Tiki Barber. Aaron Rodgers is too sensitive to play in New York. <laughs> I believe that. I do too. Yeah, I agree with that. Tom Brady is going to produce a series. Now, I guess it, I guess this pretty much says the retirement is, is, is a done deal. One of his first big post-retirement moves will be helping to produce a series about Pro Football Hall of Fame coach and legendary broadcaster John Madden. He's got his own – I didn't know he had his own company. 199 Productions has been tapped – to executive produce a limited series chronicling the life and career of John Madden. I will watch that. Yeah, me too. I will definitely watch that. Anything about John Madden, that would be interesting to watch. Uh, let's see if it says, if it gives a date. Episode count yet to be determined, so I guess they haven't even started yet. But, yeah, that should be interesting. Any, when are they going to really make a Tom Brady documentary? Oh, that don't they do that all the time anyway? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> isn't that isn't that been like for the last ten years? 20, yeah, fifteen <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure something. No, I'll joke style. I'm sure something will be coming along for a long. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, that's pretty much the the gist of what's going on. Of course, the Cardinals got a new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, uh, and he is, says he was the Eagles' defensive coordinator over the last two seasons. So the Eagles lose yeah. their offensive and defensive coordinator uh, because I can never say this guy's name right. Jeez, what's his name? The offense coordinator. Uh, I'm looking his name. I'm looking for a pronunciation of his name right now. Steichen, I guess. Shane Steichen, the offense coordinator for the Eagles. He was announced as the Indianapolis coaches, Colts' new head coach. So the Eagles, after that loss. You lose your offense and your defensive coordinator. You've got a lot of questions in free agency you've got to look at. It may be a tough year if you're an Eagles fan next year. I mean, I don't know if you'll be back in the Super Bowl or not. You got to pay, you've got to do something with Jalen Hurts as far as his contract. You want to you want to make sure you get him uh get him straight. 
early. Um, you don't want to wait till he gets he gets free agency or anything like that. So let's talk. Let's go right into the Super Bowl. Let's just get right onto it. Super Bowl Fifty Seven matchup between two pretty evenly matched teams. They had the same record. They scored the same amount of points, and they both had a Kelsey on the team. Um, I, I I mean. Going into it, of course, we both picked the Eagles, and we'll talk about. Of course, we did have our T-shirt giveaway, and we'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes too. Um, started off with a bang. Let's talk about that from the start of the game. National anthem, Chris Stapleton, Matthew. Wonderful. What do you think? What do you think about Chris Stapleton? It was great. I I even rewinded it a little bit and listened to it again. Because it just gave me chills, man. It was so good. You done a great job. Yes, he definitely, he definitely did a great job. I, I, you know, and there was criticism from some folks. And I mean, if it's not your cup of tea, that's fine. You can criticize all you want to. But I, I thought he did a great job. I thought it was one of, the, one of the best national anthems I've seen in a while. Yes. Um, you know, you saw the Sirianni, the head coach for the Eagles, with tears streaming. I thought it definitely affected him, and uh, yeah, it was it was a great start. And then the all female flyover for the uh, the the planes. All it was an all female formation, and then we got down to football. Uh, the Eagles came out firing, came out quick, and scored a touchdown. Uh, Jalen Hurts gets the touchdown, one yard run, and you know you look you're looking at it and you're looking like okay. Everybody was talking about Kansas City's defense is going to handle uh, handle the Eagles and some key third down conversions, which will be uh, will come up a lot in this game. They they converted a lot of third down, some fourth down conversions, but Patrick Mahomes comes right back, leads leads uh, the Chiefs down the field, throws a touchdown to Travis Kelsey, of course. I, and I'll try to figure out if I'm a defensive coordinator. And the NFL defensive coordinator, how the heck does Travis Kelsey get so wide open so many times? Have you figured it out, Matthew? I was trying to figure that out during the game. I was like, well, if he was wide, like a lot, most of the time he was wide open. Like, why don't they have somebody on on Travis Kelsey knowing he's a star player in this football football game? That first drive, there was. Maybe I know it was at least two, maybe three instances where he was wide open. I yeah. mean, wide open. And you know, I mean, how how do you let somebody like that get open? But that was a sign to come with the Eagles secondary, and we'll talk about that when we get to the uh, fourth quarter. Um, second quarter hurts with a a deep pass. To AJ Brown, 45 yards, right on the money. I mean, hurts. Everybody was questioning the shoulder. Um, early on, he threw a, he threw one pass on that first drive that uh, I forgot who it was that caught it out of bounds. But I was just saying, you know, that throw he put it right on the money. It, it may have been out of bounds, but he put it right on the money, and it was deep. So the shoulder at that time, at least at the first of the game, wasn't a problem. 
Um, and A.J. Brown manages to get behind the Chiefs' defense. And then you're, you're watching this. The Eagles get Mahomes and company off the field with a, with a seven-point lead. And you're thinking, okay, the Eagles are going to separate themselves a little bit from the, from, from the Chiefs. And Hurts goes for a run, takes off on a design run play, fumbles the ball. It's picked up by Brown, uh, no, Bolton, excuse me, for the uh, for the Chiefs. He goes 36 yards for a touchdown, just like that. Instead of being 21-7 Eagles, it's, it's tied up. And I thought that play, you know, you look back at a lot of plays, and you think about that, if, if that play right there doesn't happen and the Eagles can sustain a drive, whether they got just three points, if they could just get three points in that drive, this is a different ball game. I mean, you've, you turned the ball over and not just turned it over, but it went for a touchdown. But, you know, one of the things I heard – them talking about Jalen Hurts, the, the announcing crew, which I think did a great job. Greg Olson did a great job doing his first Super Bowl. Uh, Fox, I don't know what you're going to do. You, you're getting into unknown territory with Tom Brady as a commentator. You're already planning on him being the number one because you paid him all that money. But I will tell you this, I don't think he can be much better than what Greg Olson has done this year and what yeah, Greg yeah. Olson did in the Super Bowl. He did a great job. He did. Doing the good. But, you know, they were talking about how quick Jalen Hurts is to, to flush a bad memory out of, out of his brain and, and not let it affect what he does the rest of the game. And and this didn't. He went right down the field, uh, gets another touchdown, and it's 21-14. Now, the Eagles' defense the first half stood up pretty well. And I know – all of the Chiefs fans were holding their breath on that last possession the Chiefs had when Pat Patrick Mahomes on that third down play gets tackled and grabbed by his ankle, and he is writhing in pain and limping off the field, and everybody's like, oh, Lord. I was even saying, you know what? If he doesn't come back from that, that's probably the ball game there. But how much – I, I I don't even want to know what they did to him at halftime. I mean, I don't know if Mr. Miyagi came in there and did his little uh, <laughs> little, or I, I don't know what kind of shots or what what strength ibuprofen or whatever they gave to him, but whatever they did, it worked. But uh, Eagles had tack on a field goal, and all of a sudden it's twenty four fourteen at the half. And things are looking good for the Eagles. What was your thoughts at halftime? My thoughts at halftime, you know, I, I thought it was looking real good for the Eagles. It kind of didn't surprise me. But I was also intending for Andy Reid to get on somebody's you-know-what. Oh, yeah. During halftime. And I told people I was, who was watching it with me, I said, I'd like to be a fly on the wall right now during this halftime to be in the locker room with Andy Reid and his players because, to me, he's he's a second-half coach anyway. So something about Andy Reid and him after halftime, 
in my opinion. He uh, So when they come back swinging after half, they didn't surprise me at all. I thought it was going to be a closer game, but I still at that point thought Eagles were going to win the game. Yeah, I, at halftime I was – I was like, you know, we still got, we still got a, a another half. The Chiefs are getting the ball first, the second half. So how that possession goes will, you know, Determine probably, probably have a be a good sign of how the rest of the game's gonna go. Before we go to the second half, though, halftime show. Rihanna. Rihanna's a halftime show. Now you're a lot younger than I am. I'm, oh, I'm half your. I, I'm about twice as old as you are. I think. Uh, Rihanna's. You know, I've never really got into Rihanna. I, 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 there's some of her songs that I like. Um, you know, I'll just let you give your thoughts on the halftime show. I posted a post on that next day. I posted a status <clears throat> talking about it and. Rihanna, she was my gener- closer to my generation. I wouldn't call myself a fan, but there's songs that I do like and I don't like by her. And to me, I thought she did good. You yeah. can tell a lot of it was auto-tuned and lip-sung, but I think she did good. One of the questions I asked was what was she wearing? <laughs> if she was wearing anything at all, because I know how these Super Bowl halftime shows go. Yeah, we we don't need another uh, another <laughs> another Jackson Janet Jackson and yeah <laughs> wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> yeah, um, and he told me, you know, she's covered up. I'm okay, so it shouldn't be no problem with people talking about she's half naked and stuff. Because you know, I wouldn't want to see that. Either. Well. I might would I would like to see it, but not on TV. <laughs> but not on TV. Uh, <laughs> you want to see it face to face, huh? Yeah, you can say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought you know it was respectful that she at least didn't you know show herself and disrespect herself. The only thing I didn't like was you know the. The background dancers. I don't know what was going on there. I know she had the yeah. pregnancy reveal and everything, but I felt like it was a little bit better way to do that. Um, well, you know, I and like I said, I'm not a a big. Well, I'm not a big Rihanna fan, but I know any means. Like I, I do know some of her music, uh, yeah. but I'm not like, oh gosh, it's Rihanna. Yeah, and. Uh, but, you know, I think she did okay. Uh, you know, like you said, it was lip-synced. But every every artist, when they go out on that, I think most of every artist, I'm going to say every artist, uh, does that lip-sync when they, when they do a performance like this. Uh, she was a little – it seemed like she was a little less than enthused sometimes. But I will say this for her. And you can quote me on this. She is a bad woman for getting on that platform and going up as high as she did. Because this boy right here, it ain't going to happen. I'm not going <laughs> to. It gave me the freaking heebie-jeebies just watching her go up like she did. Uh, and then that 
but I'll tell you, and it, you always have an iconic moment in its in the halftime performance. And I think the iconic moment was when they had she was up that high in the air, and all of a sudden she it shot her back away from the camera. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna throw up right now. Because I was like, dude, this this is you know, you gotta get I can't even watch this anymore. Because I told I told Matthew before we went on the air, the older I get, the the more I do not like heights. And I don't like people watching. I don't like watching excuse me, people watching, watching people that are dealing with heights or you know, all that stuff. Uh, no, not for me. But yeah, she was pretty bad to be doing that. And uh, my my hats off to her for that because she was way way up there. I mean, yeah. way up there. But uh, it wasn't bad. I mean, I wouldn't put it up there with any of the great Super Bowl yeah. halftime performance. I still think. Okay, I'm gonna ask you right now. Your favorite Super Bowl halftime performance. I really can't give you a, a, a strong answer because I usually don't pay attention to them that much. Right. But uh, I, I'd say I like the Michael Jackson one. Okay. When I go back and watch it. I don't remember watching it live, but I have went back and watched it before on the internet. And I, I really like his. You could tell he looked sing too, but. I think he did a good job. Yeah, Robert Robert Matthews is is chimed in. He's in in watching. Um, Robert, you took the words right out of my mouth. Prince, yeah, is definitely yeah. my favorite halftime performance. When he did "Purple Rain" in the rain, um, that was freaking awesome. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen anything, the wardrobe malfunction or anything like that, come close to uh, what Prince did. Michael Jackson, I remember watching that live, and that was good, but wasn't the best, but it was good. It was good, but Prince, man, he put on a show. Yeah. So second half. And just like we said, Kansas City gets the ball first. Pacheco, who is gonna be a superstar, I think. I think he's gonna be somebody that is a Focal point, he's going to be one of uh, Mahomes' best friends with Kelsey now because he is ta- he takes a lot off. Him and McKinnon are two underrated running backs in that backfield. Um, they they do a good job. They don't get a lot of credit because everybody wants to, to know about Patrick Mahomes or, or Travis Kelsey, but they had a lot to do with the outcome of this game. Uh, he, he gets a one-yard touchdown run after a long drive. But, you know, one time the time of possession in this game was 21 minutes for the Eagles to eight for the Chiefs. And they were only down 10 points. That's when I knew that it was going to be trouble. Yeah. The the time of possession game, you're right, Robert. When, when, you're, when you've got 13 minutes advantage a 13 minute advantage in time of possession over a team you should be killing them you should be up two touchdowns and granted they were up 10 points but it it was a it wasn't a comfortable 10 points to me if you if you know what i mean yeah uh, especially after that first drive and 
you know, of course, the Eagles answered. They get a field goal, but you can't start trading field goals for touchdowns. Um, And then fourth quarter, things start to – start to fall apart for the Eagles defense. I think the Eagles defense got tired, which I didn't think that was going to happen. One of the one of the key points I thought about the Eagles defense was the fact that they they constantly rotate defensive linemen in the game. And it seemed like the, those defensive linemen were tired. They got zero this is the team that led the league in sacks and this team got zero sacks. Do you realize, and we're going to get a little bit into, a little more into it after we finish talking about the game, you know, go through the game. You realize there was zero holding calls against the Chiefs? Yeah, I I realized that in the fourth quarter when that. Zero holding calls the whole game. Now, that's either you're doing great or somebody's eyes are not watching because – there's a hold. I don't care what you say. There's a hold just about every play. And and guess what? There was a hold called on the Eagles, wasn't it? So, yep. uh, anyway, Mahomes leads him down the field again in the fourth quarter, throws a five-yard touchdown pass to former New York Giant Kadarius Toney. Uh, and it, just like that, you're looking at a different ball game. Mahomes – and, he, and, and I'm going to get into – I'm just going through the scores right now, and then we're going to go back and talk a little bit about some key plays that I thought uh, I, that didn't make any sense to me during the game. So, the Eagles have to punt. Fourth and three, the which I a lot of people were questioning as many times as they went for it on fourth down, yeah, yeah. why he didn't go for it. But you're deep in your own territory. It's different when you're across midfield or close to midfield. It's different then. But when you're deep in your own territory, excuse me, you don't you don't go for it then. That's not the time to go for it on fourth down, especially in a tight game like this. So Kadarius Tony makes a great punt return, gets down to like the five yard line, and Mahomes throws another touchdown pass. And I'm saying this like. Everybody's saying, oh, Mahomes was just great. He was throwing touchdown passes all over the place. Wrong. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. Yeah. Um, never fails. The Eagles come back. Hertz gets another touchdown, which I think he had two rushing touchdowns and and one okay. passing touchdown. He had No, he had three. Three rushing touchdowns. And one passing. And one passing touchdown. There you go for two. Two-point conversion is good, and it's a tied ball game. Chiefs get the ball, go down the field, and we all know if you watch that game what happened. Missed um, field goal. Yeah, Butker gets a 27-yard field goal as time runs out. and Well, not as time runs out, but with uh, not much time on the clock. And Chiefs are up 38-35. Now, the, the last – the last possession for the Eagles, that last play. I don't know if Hurt's shoulder was messed up, but that Hail Mary did not. It was no hail to it. It was all Mary, but it was no hail to it. It was way short. Uh, 
and they come up short. Chiefs get get the win, 38-35. Um, and Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. So we're going to start right there. Mahomes should not have got the MVP, in my my opinion. I don't know how you felt, Matthew, yeah. but I would not have gave the MVP to Mahomes. And everybody thinks I'm crazy. One person said, well, he's the most valuable player because without him, they wouldn't have won that game. Okay, whatever you think there. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about who performed – the best. And I know I don't think Jalen Hurts should have got it. I don't think it, it would have to be somebody on a losing team scoring like nine or ten touchdowns and for them to get MVP, in my opinion. And that's not going to happen. Mahomes had 182 yards. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Not Mahomes' numbers. The three TDs, no interception. And, Robert, I'm just like you. I'm just like you. Those four-yard passes were so hard when you had both receivers wide open. I'm telling you, I could have thrown that pass. Matthew could have thrown that pass. My daughter could have thrown that pass, and, and they would have scored a touchdown. I would have given – you don't want to know who I – and I, I'm, I don't know what you think, Matthew, but I would have given MVP – to Kadarius Tony. Yep, that's who I was about to say. He caught a touchdown. He had that big punt return that got them the touchdown that led to the touchdown with the lead. And we're not talking about going by past reputation of what he's done during the year. We're talking about what he's done tonight. The only reason Patrick Mahomes got that MVP is because he broke that run with his his little ankle was hurting. No, no, no NFL player. Before these last last three games, you would I guess they thought nobody in NFL running backs or quarterbacks ever played with a bum ankle. Yeah. Nobody's ever done that before. Um yeah, I mean I don't I don't think he should have got it. I would have given it to Kelsey before I gave it to, to Mahomes. I would have given it to somebody on the defense before I gave it to Mahomes. Maybe the guy that took the the, the fumble back for the touchdown. I mean, I, he didn't deserve it, but that is all the NFL. Want. Brady's gone now. We've got to put this guy up on a pedestal. And he's already been there, but they're putting – I mean, this is getting rushed. When you hear people talking about this week, and I swear – may, and I'm, I don't dislike Mahomes. I don't dislike the Chiefs. It was fine with me that they won the game, but and no fault of their own. But these people talking, especially Chris Sims, talking so much about Mahomes. Chris Sims, I had to turn their podcast off early in the week because Chris Sims said Patrick Mahomes was the top athlete in the world of sports. Yeah, go to <laughs> Robert Matthews. Is that evidently he's uh him and Aaron Rodgers got a date because Robert said I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to my dark room. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, how do you figure? And then calling him 
one of the top quarterbacks, greatest quarterbacks of all time. He is a great quarterback, but it is too soon to put him as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He lost the Super Bowl. He got his tail tore up in the Super Bowl. He couldn't mm-hmm. score. He didn't score, but and he and I'm saying he on purpose because apparently the way they're talking, that he is the only reason the Chiefs have an offense. I mean, they can't run an offense without him. They didn't score but nine points in that Super Bowl. And you're ready to say he's better than Joe Montana. You're ready to say he's better than uh, Tom Brady. You're ready to say he's better than John Elway. No, he's got a ways to go. He's won two Super Bowls. Ben Roethlisberger won two Super Bowls. Is anybody talking about he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever? Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. Anybody talking about he was one of the greatest quarterbacks ever? Do you remember hearing that, Matthew? Nope. Don't put this guy on a freaking pedestal just yet. He's got a ways to go before. Even Montana, when he won his second one, people were, you know, people were talking about he was a good quarterback, but it wasn't like he's one of the greatest. And Montana is the greatest Super Bowl quarterback, greatest Super Bowl performing quarterback in NFL history, in my opinion. He never threw a pick. He had 300-yard games, uh, three of the four games. And, I mean, come on, dude. Don't – and that game-winning drive – he had game-winning drive against the against the Bengals. They demolished the Broncos. And, I mean, yeah. He's got a he, – I don't think he'll ever top he, Montana. But, you know, that's, that's just my opinion. My opinion is like – okay, let's go back to another call during the game that I didn't understand. Well, first of all, the two four-yard touchdowns. Everybody was talking about, you know, what a great, great formation. What a great play call on that play. The play call had nothing to do with it. It was the stupid Eagles secondary. When a guy goes in motion, you follow him, but you don't assume. You know what happens when you assume things, Matthew? Nine times out for me, nine times out of ten, I get it wrong. You make an ass out of you out and of yourself. Me. Yep. That's why you spell assume the way you do. Um <laughs> you were the Eagles cover guy assumed he was going all the way through and just kept going, never watched him. When Tony planted, and then the next touchdown was the same play. They did the same thing. They went in motion, faked in motion, and came back. More came back, and the Eagles guy just kept right on going, and there was nobody out there guarding him. Touchdown. How easy was that? That was just like a pitch and catch for Mahomes to do that. So, Eagles secondary, Eagles defense, I'm sorry, Eagles fan, but your defense let you down. Yeah. That was the the biggest disappointment of the whole game was how how the Eagles defense and you can't say they were on the field too long. Time of possession. I mean, we just talked about that. Time of possession was pretty much. I mean, look, Philadelphia had the ball. Their offense had the ball for thirty five minutes. 
to 24 minutes for the uh, for the Chiefs. And Philadelphia pretty much outgained them in everything, except rushing yards. Total yards, 417 to 340. Eagles. Hurts gets sacked twice. And I think the sacks were a little overrated because Hurts, one of the, the only problem I had with Hurts, and the only mistakes he made was the fumble, of course. Yeah. And the fact that when he was in the pocket, and pressure was getting to him. He waited too long to take off the run. He should have, you know, once that pocket collapsed and he started, there was there was a few times he rolled out of the pocket and he waited when he could have took off and it backfired on him. He, he didn't get sacked, but not what you would call a regular quarterback sack, but he ran out of bounds or had to throw the ball away, but he could have taken off. That's his, one of his strengths is, is his legs. Take off and run. You're not going to hurt anything. I mean, you, you, you can't hurt anything if you just sit back there and let somebody sack you. So another key play in the game, something I, that I didn't understand, uh, it's kind of – I guess it's kind of what, what team is uh, – on the opposite side is that the NFL decides if they do what they're supposed to do. So late in the game, Dallas Goddard, fourth down play. He goes across the middle, catches, and when he catches the ball, he makes a great catch. When he catches the ball, he kind of switches hands with it and goes out of bounds. Well, they rule it a catch, and the Eagles rush up to the line, just like they did in the 49ers game. All of a sudden, they're trying to snap the ball. They get the ball snapped, and these phantom flags come up. And I'm like, what in the world happened? So the referees come up and say, why they threw the flags, I don't know what they just, what they said. We didn't allow time for substitution for the Chiefs defense. Now, I don't think if the the way I understand, and I may be wrong here, I don't have the rule book in front of me, and I don't have the replay official right beside me. But the way I understand the rules, and I may be wrong, if I am somebody correct me, I apologize. The only time a team has to allow you time to substitute is when the offensive team substitutes. If they substitute, then I and I may be wrong, but I I thought I understood that that they if they substitute, they have to allow the defense time to substitute as well. And if they're running up to the line to snap the ball, they're not substituting. Yeah. But they stop the game, and of course Andy Reid throws the red flag, which luckily. It didn't. It didn't uh, get overturned. The Eagles' catch still was upheld. But two weeks earlier, when the Eagles did this, nobody stopped the game. Expedited replay had, that should have stopped to get to play when that boy made the catch that wasn't a catch that set up the first touchdown. Expedited replay never never stopped that play. 
And I don't understand. I don't want to think that this is rigged. I don't want to think that the NFL was was favoring the Chiefs. But you see some things in the la- in this playoffs, and it makes you wonder. The two third downs against the Bengals. Um, and I'll go ahead. I, I had a little Facebook confrontation with somebody about the uh, – not the first – fumble that went for a touchdown that was an actual fumble the second one in the second half when uh there was a catch the ball was caught and the eagles player had not made a football move when he got hit ball pops loose chiefs take it in for a touchdown uh but you know he didn't in 20 years ago maybe 30 years ago that was a catch and it would have been a touchdown with chiefs the way the rules are now, that was not a catch because he never made a football move. He got hit before he could take a step forward. And, you know, people were arguing about that. But I was like, that was that was open and shut for me. Uh, that was not a touchdown. That was not a – Robert is saying the way he understood it, when Goddard caught the ball, the tight end caught the ball and ran down the bench, the sidelines. And Chiefs didn't know who was coming off the bench, tight end or another player. But you know, I I I don't know. It just didn't seem it didn't seem right with me. Um, but yeah, I mean there was there was some plays in that game that uh, that really made me wonder. It really made me wonder. And look, just so we know, the script wasn't didn't the script had the Eagles thirty seven, Chiefs thirty four. I guess they had it backwards, so because it was close, you know, thirty eight, thirty five. But uh, I mean, good game. And and getting down to the end, let's talk about the the key play that technically, yeah, it's a hold. Technically, he got healed. Even, even that uh, the defensive back for the Eagles said, "I held him. I was just hoping I didn't get away, that I would have got away with it." And then you have people talking about he couldn't have caught the ball. The ball was uncatchable. Well, they didn't call pass interference. They called holding. It doesn't matter if the ball is not catchable when you get called for holding. So, but and maybe you let me get your opinion on this, Matthew. At that point of the game, and he did tug him a little bit. It wasn't like he mugged him or anything. I've seen worse not get called in regular season games. At that point of the game, considering the circumstances, as a referee, are you going to call that holding? Uh, no, because it wasn't that big of a deal the way I was – way somebody explained it to me, it looked like it right. was a, fl- a, f- a flick on the jersey. You know, you're just trying to grab somebody and you just flick, you know, just pluck this jersey kind of. But the referees obviously needed the Chiefs to get a f- automatic first down. Well, the thing that happened, that was like no reaction from Smith on the pass interference. Did you who is Smith? Juju uh, 
just about uh Juice, oh yeah, Juju. Juju. Yeah, Smith I mean, he didn't really. He, you're right. He really didn't react. But you know, I, you would think he would throw his hands up in there, got up, throw his hands up in there, and that would have got the flag. But you know, that gave them a first down and gave them a chance to run more time off the clock. And pretty much, you know, McKinnon breaks around, and the Eagles are going to let him score. And he slides down at the one yard line and they pretty much kneel till they run the clock down to 10 seconds or so, kick the field goal, win the game. So let's say he didn't. Yeah. Good point, Robert. Good point. I like what Robert just said, Matthew McKinnon should have got the MVP for not scoring because that was smart. Uh oh, yeah. hold on, hold on. Deion Johnson, former ECU Pirates, in here, and he, uh, yeah, I see. I love getting more people in here to get get some get some stuff going. He said, "But if I'm a ref and I'm rooting for the Chiefs, I'm gonna make that call." Yeah, of course yeah. you are. Automated if you're a ref rooting for the Chiefs, yeah. and then if you make that call and they find out you're a Chiefs fan, uh, you might get called in the office. You might be called in NFL headquarters on Monday. But yeah, I mean, Deion. As a receiver, I mean, well, as a receiver, you're gonna you're gonna want that whole call to, uh, on that play anyway. Uh, that point of the game, though, I'm just not. I don't. I don't want. I mean, I know technically it was a hold. It was a hold, but at that point of the game, and it with the magnitude of this game, no bigger than it was. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want a game to come down to a referee making a call like that. Now, if he'd have mugged him, I mean, and he he would have caught the ball and went in the end zone, yeah, go ahead, call it. I'm all for that. Don't, don't think I'm saying don't call anything. It's all, it's all prison rules out there on the field in the last two minutes in a tight game. No, no more than he did. I, I just don't – I just don't like it coming down to that at the end. I, w- I would love to see what the Eagles could have done if they had some time left, it could have gone down the field and see just to see if they could have uh, could have get, made that uh, made that happen. But you know that's the way it works. And I'm not look, believe me, I didn't have a, a horse in this race. My boys were sitting at home, been sitting at home for a while. Either way, it was fine with me. Uh, I, like I said, I didn't think Mahomes deserved MVP. Um, but you know, if if the Eagles had won. No doubt, Jalen Hurts gets MVP. Jalen Hurts played a heck of a game. He proved himself on the biggest stage that night. I mean, did you see? I don't know if you you, you heard about this, Matthew. There was one time, I don't know what it happened. I think the Eagles scored or something or getting ready to score. It was a big play for the Eagles on offense, and Hurts came to the sideline. And I think the coach for the Eagles was kind of – saying something across the way to the Chiefs or somebody on the field for the Chiefs, and Hurts told him to stop. You know, he said, calm down, stop, don't do that. It's not the way we want to do this, which that impressed me right there. Um, What did you think, Matthew, of this game? I mean, it was a great game. Not the best game, Super Bowl I've seen, not the best, but it was it was still up there. It was a great game. Like you said, it was a great game, and 
it was back and forth for a while. Well, you know, Chiefs came back at the right second time. Second half, it was back and forth. Huh? I think the second half, it was really back and yeah, forth. Yeah, the second, yeah, after the second half, it was back and forth. It, first half, Philly had it all day. But <clears throat> after Jalen Hurts fumbled that ball, I just got a different vibe out of it. I said, damn, yeah. something's going to change coming here soon. And, and, uh, Chiefs gonna come back and win this game, or at least make yeah, a ball uh, game out of it. And when that last holding call, what we were just talking about, when they threw that flag, I said, I don't know what it's gonna be, but it's gonna be automatic first down. Automatic first down pretty much seals the deal. Yeah, that was it. There, I mean, they knew they yeah. could run the no timeouts for the Eagles. They knew they could run the clock down like they wanted to. I mean, yeah. So that looking at the ratings here, the uh, this Super Bowl Fifty Seven was the third most watched US TV show ever, and the second most watched Super Bowl. Uh, of course, the first, the most watched Super Bowl was two thousand fifteen Seahawks and Patriots when they should have given Marshawn the damn ball. Um, hey, yeah. Uh, hearing some things today, you know, we talked a little bit about they were going to change, they were going to look into you couldn't tackle from the side anymore. Yeah. And how ridiculous that is. Well, if you don't think the Eagles are feeling kind of uh, kind of like they're somebody's against them, the league is looking into on the quarterback sneak the guy, the running back or whoever's behind the quarterback, giving him a push. They're looking into outlawing that now after that game the other night because that happened several times. And that's how that's how the Eagles get those first downs on that those sneaks. They got a, a running back coming behind. If he doesn't get it or if he gets stopped, they've got a running back coming behind that, gives, that comes up behind the quarterback and pushes him, runs into him and gives him a push. Now, the first year I co- I was head coach at Northeast, we did that on a quarterback sneak, and we got called for it. Uh, not the first time. We, 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 we had done it several times, but I guess it just depends on what referee crew you get. That, that applies to a lot of things, yeah. especially in high school football. If you get a, I could get a referee crew that says you can't chop block people at the line of scrimmage. And then the next week – it gets done to us, and they're like, oh, yeah, you can do that. And I'm like, the referee crew last week said we couldn't do that. So, you know, uh, you know, it's different rules and different referees. So uh, we'll see. I mean, that's that's going to be a, a big thing talked about this offseason is, believe it or not, two rule changes coming. Uh, you can't push the quarterback on a quarterback sneak, and you can't tackle from the side, if that makes any sense to you. Which that came from the the Pollard injury. Yeah, that came from Pollard. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Did you see? It looks like Ezekiel might be on the way out. I seen that. So, uh, Giants gonna pick him up. I don't know. (laughs) I I doubt it. No, I don't think the Giants picked him up. Saquon is there. There, and he had made the comment he wanted to stay. With the uh, he wanted to stay with the Cowboys even if he had to take a pay cut. Pay so, cut, yeah. I guess but they I don't. don't, I don't 
But now that what's his name? I can't. I can't never remember his name. But the offensive coordinator is fired. Oh yeah, Calamore. Calamore. Yeah. Ever since he's been in there, Zeke Elliott ain't been the. His carries have gone down. Yeah, and he ain't been a hot. He ain't been hot ever since. And. Yeah. It, well, that's because that guy pushed Dak so much. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But Dion, I just wonder. Yeah. Go ahead, Matthew. I'm sorry. I just wonder if the new offensive coordinator, you know, will lean away from Dak a little bit and focus more on the so. running back. I don't think so either because it's Dak so. Prescott. Yeah. Uh, Dion, Dion Johnson said, I don't think you should be able to help any runner advance. By. I don't think so either, Dion. I mean, I, don't, I thought I always thought that it was it was a penalty for doing that. But I don't know. I mean, I guess over the years it's, it's got swept under the rug and people have got away with it so much that now they're going to do away with it. You I don't remember seeing it. Sleep. I don't remember seeing it as much, you know, until the last few years. Robert is asking, of course, Derek Carr released by the, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, free agent now. Do you think Derek Carr will come to Carolina? I think it's a good possibility. You know, Frank Wright, Frank Wright's a quarterback whisperer. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of teams looking at Derek Carr right now. Saints are one. Uh, you know, I, I forgot what other teams. You can push but can't pull. Yeah, I mean, not, even back then in the day when I played, Robert, you weren't allowed to push or, or somebody to advance it. I mean, there, there's all these – I've seen over the years now, now over the years when you see like a, a receiver catch the ball across the middle and he's in a pile and all of a sudden you see the offensive lineman come and just knock the pile into it. That's one thing. But, you know, actually getting up there and pushing the guy like that. Yeah. I mean, I know it's, it was illegal in in high school because we got called for it and they told us we had to stop doing it. Um, I don't see no issue with it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm on. I'm on. A, I'm on the fence on it. I don't. I don't. I, Dion makes a good point. I don't think you should be able to help any runner advance the ball. I mean, yeah. I I, I I can see both sides of it. But if I had to go with it, if we got away with it. As long as we got away with it, we were doing it. But when they started calling it, it was it was done then. But um, also, Rex Ryan could be headed back to coaching. I don't know if you saw this early in the week. Uh, Sean Payton has been in contact with Rex Ryan about being his defensive coordinator, which might not be a bad idea. Rex Ryan was a much better co coordinator than he was a head coach. You know, he was co defensive coordinator for some of them great Ravens defenses. Then he went to the Jets as head coach and Buffalo as head coach. Then he had some some success with the Jets, uh, not much with Buffalo's a little mediocre success with Buffalo, but. Much better, much better coordinator. Uh, it should be interesting to see him coming back. I think, what was he with, ESPN? Uh, doing the pregame shows. Him coming back to the NFL. You know, Denver might be taking a step in the right direction with the defense. I know he just wished they hadn't got rid of Chubb. But uh, yeah, he would love to have Chubb in there right now. Um. Derek Carr, I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Robert. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's several teams 
looking at Derek Carr. The so, Saints, Carolina, and the Bucks. I know the Bucks are. Yeah. So, you going to watch Daytona 500? Most likely. I have not watched it in a while. I've watched the end of it. Because yeah. I just can't get into NASCAR the way I used to. Jaguars. Denver better get a quarterback, Dion says. Oh, I thought Mr. They, they can't look, they can't <laughs> afford a quarterback right now. They got one in there. They can't that's making it where they can't afford to get another quarterback. By all means, I think uh I think if Russell doesn't doesn't improve with Sean Payton there, I don't think uh I don't think it's going to be good for Russell. I think he's going to be on the way out after this year if he doesn't get better. Also, the Ravens, when they had the offensive coordinator candidates coming in to interview, they never assured those candidates that Lamar Jackson would be there. I mean, I'm I'm just finding it hard to believe that he he hasn't signed a contract yet. Uh, he wants too much money. He does want a lot of money, and I'm telling you this. Uh, he's missed – he's not – I mean, your durability is starting to get questioned now. Yeah. Your legs – you've got leg injuries. I guess you still got a leg injury. I don't know if that was sending a signal to the uh, to, to the uh, Ravens or what, but – John Harbaugh, during the end of the year, end of the season press conference, said he was 200% confident Lamar Jackson is the team's quarterback of the future. But guess what? I can't tell right now, bud. I think think he might be looking another quarterback, kind of like what Deion thinks Denver better do. Maybe Lamar goes to Denver. Lamar to Denver for Russell. Imagine that. (laughs) Wow. That would be a big story, and if I don't think it'll happen, it would. But that would be a big story. Okay, all right, Dion, I get your point there. Look at his stats since he's been with the team. All right, think about what he's done the last two years, though. He has been out nine. He he's missed nine games the last two years. The final four games of 2021 and the last five of 2022. So you're going to pay a man all that money and he can't finish the season? And that's your guy. That's your guy at quarterback. That's who you're looking to take you to a Super Bowl. The last two years, he has not finished the season. I don't mind you paying him, but I don't think he deserves. Right now, if he'd have got a contract – the biggest thing with this is he should have had an agent looking out for him. That's that's the way I feel. And the fact that he's missed those last games, whether he did it on his he's really hurt, you know, the last I think I think the last game, I think he probably could have played, but do you want to throw him back in there after he's missed so much time? Nine games, that's nine games in two years. And you're talking about you want 230, you turned down $230 million 
How much money does he want, Dion? How much money? He turned down $230 million contract. How much of that was guaranteed? I don't know. He would have been the highest paid quarterback. How much more money do they have to offer this guy for him to – I mean, because every time – it makes me think because every time they up it, he still turns it down. It makes me think he does not want to be in Baltimore. I don't care what he says. When you keep turning down that kind of money, yeah, you, you. I don't think he he wants to be there. I think he's looking for somewhere else. Honestly, if I was him, you know, if I'm a Baltimore fan, I want to see Harbaugh go. Harbaugh's quest, you know, his calls going on fourth down. The yeah. Buffalo game this year when he went, instead of kicking the field goal, put points on the board, going up by three. Yeah, I agree with you. They're making too much daggum money right now. There's a lot of scrub yeah. quarterbacks out there getting paid a lot of money for losing. There he is. Russell Wilson got paid a lot for losing. But, I mean, he was winning going into that contract. He wasn't banged up. I just don't – I mean, and I have nothing – and I'm a Steelers fan. I can't stand the Ravens, but I have nothing against Lamar Jackson. Coming into this league the first three or four years before the injuries started getting on him, he was he was dynamic. He wasn't – as far as throwing the ball, I wouldn't have a lot of confidence in him. And I, and I made that comment, and he didn't let me down. He turned the ball over a lot during the, the big games. Um, playoffs, he won one playoff game. He's won one playoff game since he's been there. And the fact that Baltimore, he missed five games, and Baltimore still made the playoffs. I mean, with Huntley. Huntley's, Huntley's okay. And I, believe me, as a Steeler fan, I wish, he, I hope he would stay. We haven't had trouble beating Lamar. We haven't had trouble stopping Lamar. We beat him just as much as he's beat us, probably more since he's been been a Raven. So I don't have a problem with Lamar staying in Baltimore, but he, I just don't. I don't think with him when he keeps turning out all that money that he's. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Dion. Dion says Huntley sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's great how you know I enjoy having somebody like Dion in here. Dion is not going to sugarcoat anything. Dion's going to tell it like it is. And uh, me and Dion have gone way back. Dion, I need to get I need to get with you sometime soon too. I need a I might need you to do something for me and uh, just something for the for the show. Um, but yeah, it, it we'll see how it plays out. This there's gonna be a lot of a lot of things going on this offseason. Um a lot of interesting things to watch with with contract stuff. Uh, here's the thing. Let me get your thoughts on this. Dion, Matthew, everybody. Hertz is gonna Hertz is gonna want some money. And they're gonna look out, out for Hertz. But let me ask you this. Hertz needs weapons too. Correct. Eric, and we're going to get to you in a second, Eric. 
Um, if you're Jalen Hurts, and I know this is your job, this is this is your future. You want to get back to that Super Bowl. You want to take less money over a period of time, over a longer period of time, and have your weapons there, some money for your weapons there, or are you just going to go for the big payday and then be like Dak situation now in Dallas where you don't have cap room right now to make to to go out for and look for weapons. You have, you don't have that money to go get get somebody else. What do you do? What do you do? I take less money for a longer period of time because I love the I love the sport. Even if I was out there playing, I know a lot of these players out here now just want to be a star, want to be the top headline, top paid guy. They want to be that. But if you want to win Super Bowls, you need somebody to help you do that. And I, and I mean, it's you need weapons and you need that cap space to help you get those weapons. So you can't ask for two hundred thirty million dollars and expect, you know, your franchise to just give you that money and that um, money to nobody else. Let's, wide receivers, running backs, tight end. I want to get Dion's Dion's take on this because Dion's a former former player that was at the college level, very successful at the college level. Uh, now, Dion, let's say you're 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 a all pro quarterback getting ready getting ready to be up for a contract. What are you gonna do? Because this is your profession, this is your job. You want that money, but you also want a ring, you want some rings too. What do you do? I want to get Dion's take on this. Eric Eric says <laughs> Eric says, take less money if you're him, but as a Dallas fan, I want him gone. He's not going anywhere, Eric. Uh, Dion said he need to take all that money because he's not going back to that Super Bowl for a while. That's what we're talking about with uh, there's a lot of a lot of moves, a lot of questions with the Eagles right now about what what's going to happen next year with uh, who's going to be back. You know, Kelsey at center talking about retiring. Um I know Hargrave, the big defensive lineman, is, is he's a free agent. There's several free agents out there. So, yeah, he might not be back at that Super Bowl for a while. But I still don't is think – Is A.J. Brown a free agent? No, I don't think so. I think they just signed A.J. when they when they got him in the trade. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yep, they do lose a lot on that defense. Both of their coordinators are already gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking about Eric, Eric is the winner of the final score T-shirt. Uh, he picked the score closest in the Super Bowl, so we'll be getting that to him. Uh, I'll be he getting likes it to the him. script. Yeah, he. Somebody actually picked by the script, and uh, I was waiting for somebody to do it. And Patrick Bryant picked the script score, and I said, "Dang, uh, there we go." I'm sure that's that's what it was. And he said, "I couldn't, I couldn't resist it." So it was close. It was close. So here's something me and Matthew are going to work on. And maybe not next week, but I've got some people lined up. I'm making a call out to all of you out there listening right now. Um, If you're a fan of a particular team, NFL team, we're going to be doing in the offseason. Top 10 list, what I'm going to try. I want to get every NFL team 
And if you have a your favorite team, if you if you feel like you want to come on, if you feel like you want to come on and give us for your team the top ten list, you want to be a guest on the show, let me know. I've got a couple of teams already lined up with with uh, guys that are going to do it. Um, but let me know. That's 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 what we're going to do with this offseason. We're going to do a lot of top ten lists this offseason. We're going to talk about some old Super Bowls, maybe some old classic games. Um, but yeah. Get it in, and Dion saying NFL stands for not for long, so get your money when you can get it. And that's, you know, I want to get Dion's take as a as a player that went to 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 that level and, and wanted to get to the uh wanted to get to another level. We'll we'll talk to you about the Cowboys, Eric, because I've got it may it may be you and another guy doing the Cowboys. Um yeah, I, I mean I can understand that coming from a player's perspective. That's what I wanted to get as well. So, before we get out of here, uh, isn't the NBA All-Star Weekend this weekend? Or is it next weekend? I think it's next weekend. You going to watch it? No. Me neither. Me neither. That was my question there. And look, look, LeBron sets the scoring record. Dion's talking trash about the Cowboys, Cowgirls. <laughs> See, I like him already. Yeah, Dion. Dion's a good guy. Dion is one of the best. Uh, ECU Pirate. Uh, if you want to see Dion in action, uh, a lot of if you're an NC State fan, you probably don't want to. Uh, Dion was one of the stars on that great 1991 ECU Pirate Peach Bowl team that beats NC State 37-34. New Year's Day, ain't that right, Dion? Dion had a big punt return. In the, I mean, Matthew, I don't know if you know much about that game because that, that game was really way before your time. Yeah. Um, but ECU was down 34-17 in the fourth quarter and came back and got and got the win 37-34. I love and to see that. Explosive, explosive offense, Jeff Blake. Uh, was quarterback, but they had Dion was one of the receivers. Uh, and, and look, Dion, did send a check in the mail because I'm I'm praising you right now. I, I expect the check to be in the mail, but uh, Dion was one of the receivers there. They they had, that was a year ECU went 11 and one and was a bad call away from being undefeated that year. A bad call. first game of the season they lost on a bad a terrible terrible call. And uh, other than that, they would have been undefeated that year. But, yeah, probably one of the best, if not the best, ECU Pirate football team that I've, that I've seen in my lifetime. Um, but, yeah, it's get your get, get with us about coming on the show if you want to. I uh, want to talk about your team. Dion, if we get Dion on here, Lord, we're going to have a ball if we get Dion on here to do his team. Best coach ever. Who does he like? Hold on. Robert saying EC's best coach ever was Bill Lewis. Well, that's what I'm saying. Eric, you just contradicted yourself. He said, Eric saying, you lucky I can agree with EC football to a certain extent, but don't talk junk about my Cowboys, even though we ain't done it nothing since 95. You just, you just, <laughs> what you that just, even you just made our argument for you. 95. Yeah, Dion's a Panthers fan. Okay. Yeah, Dion's a Panthers fan. 
Because Dion, when I had him on uh, his interview, uh, Dion was very entertaining. We talked a lot. I, I, I did the interview, and this was one of my fir- first interviews, but Dion, Dion turned the tables on me when I finished my question. Dion started asking me questions about the NFL after that. We, we had a blast. But, yeah, uh, Steve Logan. Steve Logan wasn't the head coach for when they did the he – was, he was the offensive coordinator. Wasn't he the offensive coordinator, Dion? Uh, but Bill Lewis was the head coach that year because he left after that game and went to Georgia Tech. But uh, we – yep, offensive coordinator. We need to get Dion back on here to talk about some more ECU stuff. I would love to have Dion talk about some more ECU stuff or get get multiple ECU players up here from that team and and let them talk. You know, just That'd let be cool. yeah. that would be that would be cool. As a Panthers fan, uh oh, we're we're get uh oh, Eric's firing shots now. Eric's firing shots. Now. Eric is asking Dion, as a Panthers fan, do you believe Cam Newton threw the Super Bowl fifty? Oh. I can't wait to hear this response right here from Dion. You know, that and that all goes back to the fumble that Cam Cam fumbled the ball and didn't make that much of an effort to go after the ball. I mean, it was in a pile, but he didn't dive on it. You're in the Super Bowl, man. You got to go all out and try yeah. to get the ball. But they were showing they were actually showing that uh the other night when I was watching, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that that Robert, you're right. That coaching staff for ECU that year was like a who's who. Was Spagnola up there? I want to say Spagnola was. <laughs> Dion's response to Eric was, "Damn, bro, I can't believe you went there." Uh oh, we let's get ready to rumble. I'm gonna look up this 1991 ECU football. Because they had several, several NFL coaches on that team that went on to be NFL coaches. Mm. Does it tell me? Tell you up here? <laughs> Dion just said, hell yeah, he threw that Super Bowl. <laughs> I agree. He was scared. Cam was scared. He got scared. He did get scared. Yeah, he did. That's he for did. sure. I mean, jeez. And still talk shit. <laughs> yeah, Rick. Mark Rick was up there. You're right, Robert. Uh, hold on. I'm trying to pull up and see if they got the uh, breakdown of all the coaches up here. I can't find it. No, I can't find it up here. Anyway, Deion Johnson, here's his stats from his senior year. 40 catches, 743 yards, a 18.6 average. That dude, could, and he could flat out fly too. Like I said, Deion, put the check in the mail. Um, I can't find the uh, – can't find the freaking list of – Maybe this will happen. 
<laughs> Deion Sanders, there was a mob guy in the stands with a picture of Cam's family on there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, I don't see, I don't see, but I'm going to tell you, there was, there was, uh, I mean, that coaching staff was a who's who of coaches at the time. Eric saying he was pissed, even as a Cowboys fan, because y'all had so much potential and just threw it away because yeah. Cam definitely wasn't Superman in the Super Bowl. Well, I, you know, I'll agree, but that, you know, when you had Von Miller chasing you all night, that that might put a little fear in you as well. And Von Miller was on his butt all night. I had a guy tell me after that game, he was a Broncos fan, that said that uh, that defense for the Broncos that year was the best defense the NFL has ever seen. And I'm like, oh, my God, you were crazy. I mean, they had a good defense, but I don't know. They had a good defense, but, you you know, I'm not even going – you know, I'll mention the steel curtain from the 70s, but I'm not even saying that was the greatest defense for a single season, greatest defense in football. No, Eric, no. And I'm not saying it because I don't like the Ravens. You need to go back and watch the 80, 86 Bears or the 85 Bears, whatever, the Super Bowl shuffle year. That team right there was so dominant. That defense was so dominant. It The Ravens don't, don't even – no. No. The Bears had the most dominant. That 46 defense – yeah, the 85 Bears, that 46 defense Buddy Ryan put in, shh, nobody could figure it out. You had you had Wilbur Marshall. You had um, look, Singletary. You had Dan Hampton, Mongo McMichael. Uh, you had, I mean, so many. I think Ron Rivera even played on that team. What's the question, Dion? Deion's saying question, but he's saying he's still putting Cam in the Hall of Fame. No. Oh, no. I don't know if that's a question or if he's getting ready to ask a question. Let's see what he comes up with. Anyway, you know, that that Bears defense and that Super Bowl that year when they played the Patriots, granted, the Patriots. Oh. All right, here's a question for you, Matthew. And everybody, y'all think Mike Mike Vick should be in the Hall of Fame? Huh? No, I don't think so. I'm going to look at, you know. Look at his stats. Pull up his stats. Let's look at his stats. Let's look at his stats. And, you know, with Mike Vick's situation, that's good. Even even with his stats, and I know what you're going to say, you know, you're not, but look at Pete Rose. Pete Rose got in legal trouble betting on stuff, and he was in, and it, it's kept him out of the Hall of Fame all these years. As a player, if that hadn't happened, look, twenty-two thousand four hundred sixty-four yards passing, one hundred thirty-three touchdowns, eighty-eight interceptions. It doesn't even have. I want to see his rushing, rushing yards. They don't have his rushing yards. Yeah, he changed the game, but I think what will keep he him did. out, I, I, I swear, and I don't think 
if they, I don't think it, they'll put him in just because of all that le- all the legal problems he was in. He definitely, and it, and let me tell you this: if he hadn't got in all that problem, these stats right here, he'd probably have at least ten thousand more yards. Because that, yeah, oh, yeah. You, know, you, you think about what I mean when he came back, he had he had some good years with Philly, and then you know, but he was not. I, I'll tell you this: I will say this: that game that night against the Redskins, Monday Night Football. He threw the ball, I bet, 70 yards in the air down the field to Deshaun Jackson. And I'm talking about in the air. I'm not talking about Deshaun Jackson caught it and then ran 30 yards. He threw it 70 yards in the air. And it was unbelievable. The guy had incredible talent, but that his legal problems kept kept him from, I guess, achieving – his ultimate goal, which was, was a Super Bowl. It's a shame because you you never know. That's just, I mean, I I like Vic. I really did like Vic. I, I mean, I was I was like in awe watching him out there running on the field and what he could do. Because when he took off, I think it was a Minnesota game that you see the highlights so much from. When he decided to take off, that Joker flew. Dion, here's my question for you. Could you have caught Mike Vick? Chase him down. Now Dion was quick. Dion was fast. That's what I want to hear what Dion says. Could he have caught Mike Vick? And we'll I guess I hope Dion's still in here. Dion is, I'm telling you, we need to have Dion on here one night and let oh, him. Sure. He's he's you would enjoy it. You would really enjoy that. I think everybody out there would enjoy it. <laughs> um <laughs> Dion's comment, man, that would have been easy work catching him. <laughs> Let me see if I can bring up. I don't know if I can bring up Dion's uh, with ECU. You so you can hear the uh, highlight. Making sure I don't know if I'll get flag for it or not of course every time i bring up a john oh yeah you ain't gonna lie that dion every time i bring up a johnson for ecu it puts chris johnson up there dion could have caught him too It's just got my uh, my interview with him up here. Easy work too, <laughs> Dion. You know, I, I want to talk a little bit about that because I don't think we've done a show since this happened, and this this will probably be the last thing we talk about tonight. And I know Matthew, you're probably not familiar with it, but um, in my lifetime, since I've been an ECU pirate, 
fan since 82, 83. The one of the the voice I knew for ECU Pirate Sports was Jeff Charles. I mean, he was called the voice of the Pirates. And he made the he made the phrase paint this one purple famous. Uh, he said it after every ECU win, uh, you know, football, basketball, baseball, whatever. Um, he passed away last – was last – was Friday for last, but Robert. Dion, that's what I was going to say. I, I, I know he was there when you were there. I mean, did you have – I mean, did you have many, many uh, dealings with him? I mean, everybody – of course, now, even before now, though, before he passed away, because I'm a big believer in, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to wait till somebody passes away to give them their due, to give them their compliments, to tell them what you think of them. But even before that, Jeff Charles was like one of the most well-respected people in ECU, in in, in the ECU family. Dion said that was my dude. Yeah, I mean, so many great calls. I mean the, I think one of the one of my favorite ones and Dion will love this one when they won the Peach Bowl that year. He said you can paint these peaches purple, um, and, and I mean he met, had so many great calls uh, that especially that year the pit game that Dion played in that year at at Ficklin when Jeff Blake got the two point conversion to take the lead and pretty much win the game. Uh, so many great calls and he's going to be. He's going to be missed. <laughs> Dion saying the and the little guy takes it all the way when he Jeff Charles talking about Dion and the little guy takes it all the way. Uh, but hey, nothing against the little guy. The little guys, I'm one of those dudes. I'm not as fast as you are, but you, know, you might be easy work for me, Dion. But uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was always great to hear Jeff Charles say that. You know. Ed, uh, paint this one. You can paint this one purple, but you know it's going to be sorely missed. Um, and you know, I know it's not. I don't know if it's the right time. There are. There's always. Talk, there's already talk about who's going to be in the booth as far as taking this place. But you know what? I would not want to be the guy that tries to follow Jeff Charles because that is some huge, huge shoes to fill at ECU right now. And, uh, you know, rest in peace, Jeff Charles. And we, we certainly send our prayers and condolences out to his family and to the ECU Pirate family who was, you know, I, I just, you know, I hate to see it because it, the man battled. The man had cancer. He battled his way back from cancer. And I think it ended up they were said he had a heart attack while he was on the road getting ready, getting ready to uh, get ready to uh, – call a basketball game the next day. Yeah. I mean, they need to do something. I agree. Dion said they would, they should leave that seat empty when they, when he go, when they do the, uh, where they're at, I think they did that. Actually, they did that at the basketball game the other day. They put uh, something on the seat where he usually sat and put the voice on it. So it was, it was a good tribute at ECU. Last night, I think they came back from like 20 points down against Cincinnati and win, win by five. You know, they came back in the second half and they said that was for Jeff Charles. You know, so it's going to be different. I mean, like I said, that's the only voice I've ever known as far as ECU athletics. And you used to, you know, back in the day, 
I remember turning the radio on on Saturday afternoon to listen to the ECU games, and Jeff Charles was was what you heard. And there was nothing wrong with it. I'd rather listen to Jeff Charles and some of the guys on ESPN that don't know that don't know the name is East Carolina. They call it Eastern Carolina, or don't know, you know, some of the players' name. I'd rather listen to Jeff Charles, somebody that knows about the players. And uh, Jeff Charles definitely did that, and he had a great relationship with all the the players that he dealt with. It's just like what you talk about, Dion saying that was his dude, and definitely going to be definitely going to be missed at uh at ECU. That voice will be missed, Matthew. Any last words? Nope. Just looking for the off season and looking for these top ten lists. Hoping everybody joins in with us for that. Yeah, we'll we'll have some scheduled. Uh, I've actually got your boys. I got two guys coming on uh, for, that are huge Giant fans that are, are going to be be here with us. So you you'll have some. Uh, you'll have a lot of company. Y'all y'all can have at it. And they're older. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because you being uh, like half my age, and and what your top ten is going to be compared to mine. Because you know I remember the Giants with the Parcells back in the eighties. Yeah. Um, Dion, thank you, bud. And look, hey, we'll get you on for the Panthers if you want it. And Dion said, I "Appreciate you, Matthew." He said he'll be he'll be checking out our great show. Sounds but good. Appreciate you joining you me. Anytime you come on, Dion, you let us know. We'll get you on here. Hey, I, like, I like to talk shit, too, so come join me. <laughs> you got an open invitation. That's right. All right, so we'll be getting ready for the USFL. We'll be getting ready. Matthew, you need to pick a USFL team. We're gonna, I'm going to look at the rosters this week, and I'll it be telling be, you. Who. It ain't going to be the Pittsburgh Mothballs, whatever it was. I look. I may not be playing for the <laughs> Pittsburgh Maulers. Like I said, I'm Maulers, gonna go yeah. the, I'm gonna check the. I'm gonna check the coaches, and I'm gonna check the roster out to see who's on there before I pick my team. But yeah, we'll have a USFL chat. Uh, we'll be ta- pick your team, and we'll be talking about that next week, guys. Right. Y'all have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the final score. See you.